The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it is the final division previews, babe. For this year in the NBA, I break down the Atlantic, the Central, and the Pacific divisions with my favorites, my dark horses, and those who have zero chance, like absolutely none. Looking at you, Lakers. I recorded this on a recent episode of BetMGM Tonight, and the odds might have changed since then. And I am happy to share it all with you. All right, Nick, let's do me a favor and drop that beat. All right, Trista, it is NBA futures time. Let's talk about the Atlantic. So first, let's just get it out of the way. Are the Knicks winning this division? Do they have any chance? No. Is there any reason to take any kind of flyer on the Knicks? I think that the only way you would say that that was possible if they did get Shea this year, and I don't think that's happening. Okay. That's not, they're not winning the division. Though. No, I would agree. All right, so cross the Knicks out of there. Yep. Then it gets real interesting. I mean, you can't take the Celtics at minus 300. Not at minus not 300. Not at minus 300. You can't. you can't do that. So if you're not taking the Celtics, right now, what do you think is the best play on the board? The Sixers at plus 650, the Raptors at plus 750, or the Nets at plus 850? That's such a great point, and they all have their own problems, right? The 76ers, um, yes, like they found their defense. What are they? They're the fifth best defensive team in all of basketball, mm-hmm. 109.4 defensive rating. But you look at them, they're 28th in scoring. Like they really struggle to score the basketball. It's just Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. So uh, in terms of that, like they're literally giving up more points than they're scoring. So I don't think that there's a possibility for the Sixers to regain the hopes that they had coming into the season. I think they're going to have to make a move. I think they're going to have to probably make a trade, probably have to change a a coach in order for this to sort of turn around. And plus, we don't really know what James Harden is going to look like when he comes back. He looked 
He looked good. He did. He did. But now when you have another setback for a whole month, what do you do, PJ, when you're sick? Eat. Yeah. What do you do when you're <laughs> not injured? Not work out. You're not Be able lazy. to. Yeah. And we know James Harden has had a, um, how shall we say, predilection for. Predilection. Hold uh, on. Let me Google that. Yeah. Ha, predilection. For, uh, for eating uh, a lot of food anyway. He started a steakhouse in the middle of Houston that had like. I did a whole thing on it. It's like lobster inside of a steak, like dressed in butter with foie gras on top, wrapped in bacon, wrapped in something else. And it's like, yeah, James Harden likes to eat. He likes to eat all the time, but now he's not burning off any calories. So no to me for the Sixers. I would agree. I guess the one that I would have to take is, unfortunately, the Raptors at plus 750. Uh, We've got a, a Pascal Siakam who has been injured. Before Pascal was, it was, got hurt. He's averaging highs in every statistical category for his career. You look at him, he was averaging 25, 9, and 8 with a steal and a block per game. So like that coupled with OG, coupled with Gary Trent, I don't think anyone's beating Boston. But they are an ankle injury away. Yeah, you know what I mean? If something Tatum happened to Tatum, her, sure. then you know anything could happen. And that's kind of what you're betting on is that something is going to change. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon gets hurt as well. And who knows, right? Like maybe the setback to Robert Williams is there. But I I could not in good conscience take the 76ers. I could not in good conscience take the Brooklyn Nets, even though they are playing really good defense. I think that they are going to bring back Kyrie Irving. And that's what I was going to ask you. And that's what makes me very leery about taking that. That's what makes this so interesting. Kyrie's the whole wild card. Because right now they're at plus 850. If Kyrie comes back, do you think the odds stay the same? Do you think they go higher? they go higher. You think they go higher, like plus a thousand? Oh no, I think it's oh, lower, lower, like lower, plus seven hundred yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. plus six fifty. Because mm-hmm. that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, I, I, if Kyrie comes back, I don't know how you can touch the Nets. I think they're almost better off without him. I think they honestly are a better defensive basketball well, team, no doubt. And here's another thing that you could say to yourself: All right, why, why would I want to maybe bet on the Nets? You still have yet to get back T.J. Warren. He hasn't come back from injury yet. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kyrie is out, and maybe that's a good thing. Edmund Sumner, I just did a piece on him today for the Heat Check, and he's been actually really good as a starting point guard for them instead of uh, Kyrie Irving. Really good defender, shooting 40% from three, getting, you know, has one of the lowest turnover, uh, assisted turnover ratio in the NBA, and everybody's just sort of playing together as a team. Now, you still have to incorporate Joe Harris back into the offense. He's got to get into rhythm. Seth Curry has got to get into rhythm. Mm -hmm. Nick Claxton, he has to kind of find his identity. And who knows, maybe, like, you're kind of like betting on maybes, right? You can't bet on the knowns. So maybe you're thinking to yourself something happens with Ben Simmons and he comes back in. But I've been burned by Ben Simmons enough times for me to really put my hard-earned dollars on that team that he is on. We were obviously a little down on the Celtics to start the year with not having Ime and just regression from making the correct, finals correct. and all that stuff. And you know what? Are they you the know, best team in the league right now? Or is it Milwaukee? I think it's Milwaukee by a lot. Uh, by a lot. By a lot. Wow. I think Milwaukee fully healthy. We haven't even seen them fully healthy all year. Now. That's true. They've like lost That's twice, true. three times maybe. And the in those games, there were players missing from all of them. We have not seen Middleton at all. Giannis has sat out some games. Drew has sat out some games. Yeah, that's a good point. Pat Connaughton has not played. Joe Ingles has not played. Like, you don't even have half of the roster that you want. Yeah. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And now there's whispers that they're going to go get Jay Crowder. So I think that the Bucks are, are by far and away the best team in the league right now. Do you think it's the right time now to jump in on the Raptors? Do you think you can get better value on them at some point? Do you forego this great seeing the Celtics continue to win games? They go to like nice 16 and 5 or something like that. And then the plus 750 becomes like a plus 1200. Or would you jump on the 750 right now with Toronto? You know, I think probably waiting throughout Pascal Siakam's injury is important. Let's go ahead and look at the Raptors' schedule because that yeah, actually matters. And you look at maybe like after a big, long road trip out west or something. Very good And you're point. like, all right. right? They Cleveland dropped. just got roughed up by that. Yep. Cleveland just got roughed up. So they're at home for a while. Out home until basically, you know, Thanksgiving is over. Yeah, they got a tough schedule coming up. And then after that, they have to play the Pelicans, the Celtics. No, I mean, they have some, like, games, right? They, they get some games. Yeah, so maybe you hold off. Cause... You hold off until maybe there's a stretch against the Suns, the Bucks, the Knicks, a couple of games against the Hawks and the Bucks again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you got to wait till January. Mm-hmm. I think January is probably a really good look because then they end up going west to go play the Blazers, the Suns, the Jazz. February 5th when they lose to the Grizzlies and Boston has been just cool chilling. Maybe you wait till the All-Star break. Man. But if I had to do anything, I would play I would play them. We talked about the Atlantic Division last hour. Now we're going to talk about the Central Division. And we have another heavy favorite, the Milwaukee Bucks, minus 275 to win the division. They are 10-3 and three on the season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, 8-5. and five. They are plus 200. Chicago Bulls, 6-8. and eight. They are 20-1. to one. And then the Pacers and the Pistons, they mm. are both 250-1 to one to win the division. First off, are you worried at all about Cleveland? Losing four games in a row, obviously, never a good thing. Weak division. Very weak division. Pacers it, it stink. Awful Pistons stink. Bulls stink. Like, so, yeah, I mean, it's a two-horse race. I don't think anybody's beating the Bucks. No. I don't think anybody's beating them, period, let alone in the division. It is a little odd, though, don't you think, that the Celtics are minus 300 say. And the Bucks, probably the best team in the league, is only minus 275. That's the respect they have for Cleveland. That's respect that they have for Cleveland. That's respect that they have for Boston, right? That Boston, obviously, Correct. is getting a lot of respect from the market. I do think that there are some issues with the Cavs. Because if you look at Darius Garland, with Donovan Mitchell, he just really— and he got hit in the eye, and he broke his orbital bone, and his eye's still very swollen, and it doesn't look like he's functioning well. Mm-hmm. He had a huge game the other night, but it was without Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, I think he had 51-2-6, and six, but before that, 15 points, 6 points, sort of all over the place, a couple of good games, 29-24, and 24, but he's turned the ball over a lot. And Donovan Mitchell obviously has sort of taken over in terms of what he's been doing. And I said this before, like when you watch the end of Cavs games, the offense just does not run smooth. Mm -hmm. They just don't know how to get it to not turn the ball over. They bring it up. Two guards bring it up. They're kind of both like sort of running in synchrony. One has the ball. It doesn't really matter who. They wait for a high screen from either Jared Allen or Evan Mobley. That usually draws a double team and not a switch. (laughs) That, that other, you know, big man that is on Jared Allen or Evan Mobley sort of shades over to the other guard mm-hmm. that does not have the ball. And they basically play DB and they pick off that pass and they get out into transition. It's like clockwork. And they're making errant passes and they're making passes to guys that shouldn't be shooting like Karis LeVert. And I love Kevin Love, but sometimes he needs to sort of stay in his place. Isaac Okoro is not a great shooter. This is a good team. 
But I am concerned about this team down the stretch of games. Uh, and that's in critical games. That's in non-critical games. Yeah. If you look at what the Cavs have done in their schedule, they lost to the Kings in this fashion. Warriors. They lost to the Warriors in this fashion. They lost to the Clippers in this fashion. So that was three games in a row that they did that. They lost to the Timberwolves in that fashion as well. They sort of came back at the end with no Donovan Mitchell. But listen, like, they beat the, the Lakers as they should. They beat the Pistons as they should. Yeah, two huge wins against the Celtics. Yeah, Tris, that's a great point. They have one win this season that hasn't been—every other win's been nine points or more. Yep. They're kind of like the Bills. They either win yep. by double digits or they can't win one-score games, right? It's kind of like that. So, yeah, they have literally one good win, and that was against the Celtics. Wow, I never realized um, In that. OT. Yeah, so if, if it comes down to it and they're allowing leads to just evaporate as well, Cavaliers were up going into the fourth quarter. I think they were up 13 points with four minutes to go, and it was a 17-1 run. Why do you think that is that Cleveland just can't close out the, this game? Do you think just Garland and Mitchell aren't quite thing. those players yet? I think it's a youth thing. thing. I think there's some guys that are getting a little bit too, you know, they're watching the lead slip away and then they're starting to feel the pressure of it and they're pressing a little bit instead of just getting into their actions. They're not making the extra pass. They're not getting their bigs involved, right, which they should. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got a lot of hero ball. Darius Garland has always played hero ball and Donovan Mitchell has always played hero ball. And I think that sort of at the end of games does not bode well, especially against good teams. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. If uh, So if you weren't to take the Bucks or the Cavs, you would take you would take the Bulls. If you couldn't take the top two, would you? I don't even think there's any conversation. I mean, they, they could make a they could make a move for someone. Not even a flyer, because even if you throw, you know, who are they going to get three dollars on the Pacers that can win you seven hundred. No shot. Well, I know what the Pacers want to do. I don't know if you do, but I know. And Jake Fisher alluded to this. You know, the Pacers want to be a top five draft pick team like they're going to compete down the first you know half of the season, two thirds of the season. And at the all star break at the trade deadline, they will move their expiring pieces and then they will fall to the end of the earth. Like, they will just pew! There is absolutely no shot that the Pacers would win this division, especially considering that the Bucks have multiple guys that are really good and guys that are coming back from injury as well. So I know that the Pacers don't want to win this division. That would be an epic failure, mm. I think, for them. Pistons, they're another team that I think is fun. They're trying, but they're definitely not in the mix for it either. I think Dwayne Casey is sort of more on the mix for the hot seat. And the Bulls, they just don't have enough pieces. Like, Vooch isn't playing defense. He never really has. We've got basically Alex Caruso and no Lonzo. Who knows when he's coming back? There's just no reason to bet anybody else beat that besides those two, in my opinion. Are you surprised that the Pistons have been this bad to start the season? I am. At the end of the day, Jaden Ivey's a very reckless player. He's like a John Morant, but not as good. His decision-making qualities like John Morant, but right. he can't do the things. The potential's that John... there, though. Yeah. You can see. You can see there's flashes. He's a very up-and-down kid versus, say, of Keegan Murray, who's more of an emotionally stable kid. Like, not to say, I mean, just on the basketball court, I don't mean to say it about anything else. 
like more steady in terms of like the highs and lows of the game. We saw against St. Peter's and that same kid exists now. The Bulls, you know, they're kind of just stuck where like the Wizards are. They, they're like yes. not bad enough to tank and like be in complete rebuild, but they're not like great enough to contend and win a championship. Yeah. They're just, they're stuck in a really bad they spot. Need to, they should really make a move, you know, for more picks or pieces. For sure. Or try to get somebody that can help them like a Jakob Pertle prediction time. Jakob Pertle will be the bell of the ball. If the Spurs are looking to move him, which, you know, you've heard that they are, Jakob Pertle will have a lot of teams Suiters, going yeah. after him mm. because he's double-digit rebound guy. He can do a bunch of things offensively, defensively, very versatile, you know, very long, able to do that type of stuff. Would you feel more confident about Boston winning the Atlantic or Milwaukee winning the Central? Milwaukee. Really? Yeah, nobody else is going to win. All right, Trista, let's go to the Pacific Division, though. This one, I think, is the most intriguing because you have some heavyweights in this one. The Suns, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Kings, and the Lakers. Suns are the favorite. They're 8-5 and five on the season, minus 145 to win the division. Warriors, they are 6-8 and eight on the year. They're plus 300 to win. Clippers are 8-6. and six. They are also plus 300 to win. The Kings, 6-6, six and six, plus 6,600 to win the division. And then, oh, the Lakers, 3-10. and 10. They are 80-1 to one to win the Pacific. Just go ahead and take the Lakers and thank me later. Oh, my God. That is maybe the grossest thing I've ever heard. Well, we're obviously not doing that. This is an interesting division, though, because the Suns, I'm not laying minus 145 with them. The Warriors, you know they're going to turn it around, but... You know, they can't win a road game. That's trouble. You're going to lay the 145 with the Suns. No, oh, okay. I'm not. I, uh, the Kangs? I. At 66 to what? I, you, you're just, all right, look, Ryan Horvat has the Packers. You I, have the Kings, okay? You you need to go easy on the 66 Kings. 66 to 1. Yeah, they're not winning the division. 66 Do you see all the teams ahead of them? They're not winning the division. Yeah, I understand that. Let's They're look not at the standings. The Let's just know. I mean, neither are the Clippers, and the, and the Clippers are three to one. No, I agree. It's it, the Warriors or the Suns. The Warriors right now are going to be fine. We know this. I I'm going to continue to say it because the more I say it, the more they lose. <laughs> yes, and it's been tremendous. Oh, you've been enjoying every but second. But the Suns are eight and five. The Kings are six and six. The Warriors six and eight. Lakers obviously three and ten. They're completely out of it. But the Kings aren't that far behind. They just need to win the conference. They win the division. Literally, they just does. They don't even need to do anything. Just win games. Just Kings win the games. So much easier said than done, though. Clippers are going to continue to fall. I can't believe the Clippers are eight and six. Actually, that doesn't make any sense. No, I thought they'd be much worse than that. It's I mean, got. I mean, it's probably this. It's probably the Suns. It probably is. I mean, for the, the Warriors shortest are going to figure it out. They're going to win road games eventually. But the Suns won the Pacific Division last year and the year before that. Yeah, they did. So I mean, I don't. The Warriors can still be a title. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the regular season. Yeah, you're the right. The Pacific Division. Yeah, they don't. That doesn't That's mean probably anything. why the Suns. The Suns are more well equipped to get out in in front in a lead. The problem with the Warriors is that. You know, by the time I think they figure it out, there's not going to be that many games left. Right. And that's fine in the playoffs because you start fresh and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as the Warriors are a six seed or better. It doesn't really change a thing for them. Mm-hmm. But they're not, I don't think they're going to win this division. I just, it's going to take too long for the role players to show up. We've got a full on panic mode on Warriors Twitter because the role players aren't very good. They just sent James Wiseman down to the G League. PJ just sent him down to the G League. 
Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is in the G League. Is it too early to call Wiseman a bust? Not to me. You think uh, he is? I mean, not, not, it's not. I too thought that guy was going to be so good. What a skilled seven footer he is. He's, he was, he's been injured. And he just I hasn't go put on together. Memphis every week, and they were saying that it's the Warriors' fault because they put all this pressure on him to compete right away, and he's been injured, and he only played three games in college. But like, yeah, the Warriors probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't draft someone who played three games in college. Probably should. And who has, you know, who's a big man? Because big men, we know this. They develop in a different way than guards. They take too long. They take not too long, but they are slower to develop. Yes. You kind of want to get a big man that's like been in college for a few years. Mm-hmm. Not a guy who played three games and then got suspended. Right. But the Warriors, with all the role player issues that they have, they lost Gary Payton. They lost Otto Porter. They lost Bealicia. They lost Damian Lee. They lost a host of uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. They lost like six or seven guys that really got rotation minutes. Iguodala hasn't played yet. Clay Thompson will be fine, but you just need other guys off the bench to do things. And by the time they figure out who that is, Moses Moody hasn't been very good. Kaminga hasn't been very good. I don't know that there's going to be enough games left for them to to catch up. You've sold me on the Warriors. I agree with you. I think they're they're out of the hunt. They, you know, regular season games when you've won as many championships as they do, you know how to kind of save your energy a little bit, yeah. navigate the regular season. It's more of an exploring day, not a scoring day. Exactly. You know what I mean? You like saw just... that, too, throughout LeBron's career. Like, yes. when he was young in Cleveland, always wanted to get that one seed. I'm with you, the Warriors. You sold me there. Clippers, you know, I mean, Kawhi's just, you can't trust them to stay healthy. No. They're not going to win enough games. I guess outside of the Suns, if there was a bet to be made. I it's ge- the Kings. I guess so, just for pure value. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, you're 66 right. 66 to 1. Because they have depth. Yes. So if guys are out, like they can plug and play. Chris Paul's been injured. DeAndre Ayton is it has been up and down. Jay Crowder wants to be traded. Cam Johnson out for a couple of months. Like, why not the Kings? That's, That's sixty-six fair. to one. The Kings. The Kings. The right Kings. Why not this time? my Kings? No, I like that. All right. They're balling. And it's sixty-six to one. PJ, yeah, could you imagine? I know. Just put five dollars on. Five dollars. Put five dollars on. I might do that when What's I get home. What's wrong with that? They're cooking. You really like the Kings, huh? I they do. Can, score. can they defend at all? Yeah. In crunch time, they put Steph in prison. Really? Like, they blocked Steph. Steph in the fourth quarter, uh, the last game against the Kings, he he was sitting there with 27 points, and I needed him to get 30. He came in with, like, seven minutes left. He did not score another point, PJ. Wow. It was out of this world. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was really, really good. I mean, so when they, they when they need to... The Kings can lock down. They're not like a defensive powerhouse for all 48, but when they need to, they can. So if you had to make a play, would you play the Raptors plus 750 to win the Atlantic or the Kings 66-1 to win the Pacific? Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? It's true. Probably the Kings. Okay. Probably the Kings. You sold You know they're 6-6. Six and six, The Suns are 8-5. and five. Yeah, I mean, what's... Strange things have happened. Stranger things Stranger have happened. Things. They could go on a run. Stranger Keegan things. Murray gets into scoring 25, 27 a night. You yeah. got Deer and Fox scoring 30. You got Malik off the bench. Malik Monk off the bench scoring 16, 17. Davion Mitchell's locking guys down. Kevin Herter's coming. He's in the rotation. He can score 20. You got like just multiple guys that can shoot, multiple guys that can do things. I love it. The, I didn't nice. even mention Demonis Sabonis, the You're assist right. powerhouse, getting twenty down in the block, starting to shoot threes again. If he becomes the sniper Sabonis that we know knew him to be in Indiana, watch out. They almost have like too many guys. They have a lot of guys. They're really don't they? deep. There I just are. said a bunch of names, and then guys that you don't even know, like 
Chemezi Metu and Trey Lyles, like a bunch of dudes off the bench who are getting significant minutes as well. BetMGM Tonight airs Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Get it on the Odyssey app on demand, or it's available in podcast form after the fact, wherever you get your podcast. A million thanks to my co-host, Ryan Horvath and PJ Glasser, as well as my producer, Cameron Gray. But that's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back with an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop every single day, and follow the Heat Check as the season continues to heat up. Do not forget to download, please. Subscribe, please. Tell all your friends, please. Every single one of them. And follow us on social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. 